My name is Pat Lassard. I get to be one of the pastors here, and I join uh, Josh Rogers, our worship leader, in leading this message today. And uh, we truly are excited about today's topic. It's different. Today's sermon is different. So anticipate that as you prepare yourself in listening. Um, this is a in-between message. Now, it's intentional, but we finished our Christmas Eve series, and we're heading into a new series starting next week, and it's a big series called Faces in the Crowd, where we will look at how Jesus interacted with a variety of people, a variety of people, and we'll see what we learn from him. And we, what we learn about ourselves is Jesus engages with uh, this vast range of interactions. And so it's going to be great, and it's going to lead us up to Easter. But today, we're going to spend some intentional time looking back and looking ahead. And this series is called Eyes on Jesus. What's the heart behind it? Yeah, as, as Pat and I were thinking, uh, looking back, looking ahead, what is... What is kind of our core in that? What's the heart? What's the mission behind that? We wanted to call it Eyes on Jesus because we hope that in and of itself will be both our agenda and our outcome. As we look back and as we look forward, we will look for Jesus and lock eyes with him um, and, and be focused on what he has done and what he is doing. Amen. And so we're going to take you on a little bit of a journey as we start this. And we're going to first look at what we've seen what we've seen. As we look back at 2020, we are going to do a little bit like you would with your own family of reminiscing, okay? And so journey with us as we go through North Shore's photo album of 2020. I'm going to take you through a slideshow. Now we're talking 365 days of material packed into several minutes. So there are going to be some things you're like, oh, I totally forgot about that. There's going to be some things that you're like, man, that was hard. There's going to be some things like, oh, wow, that was funny. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That's great. There's going to be some things. That, what about this? Okay. So that will be a part of several minutes captured, you know, uh, in this time. And so as we look at this, we want to see what God did, not just remembering, but we want to remember what God did in us, through us, what he got us through. And we want to do that honestly. We want to have a balanced perspective of going, that was sad. That was hard. That was fun. That was cool. Okay? So here we go. So uh, 2020 family album. We started with our new lead pastor leading us into the new year. And then Australia caught on fire and had the world's attention, and lots of energy and resources were about Australia being on fire. And then we had our missions weekend, and this was the last time we were all together as a church. No masks, no distance, all together. It was wonderful. And then the world stopped, and we all went home. And for the first time, as our lead pastor was in Australia, busy with his youngest daughter's wedding, we had the three of us, Paul, Damien, myself, uh, leading the charge in that gap and leading us at that time. And we spent a lot of time with Ensley. And everyone learned his name and mandate and regulation and limitations and restrictions abounded. 
and we all went home and we watched church and we participated in worship and the gathering of the saints virtually. And we shared in communion in a variety of ways and you all in your own. And the Lord led us to feed the five and you generously supported the vision that God had given us in being generous in a time of scarcity, amen? And then there was the great toilet paper crisis. <laughs> was very real, very real. And we did our first Easter online. It was beautiful, it was sad, it was good. We celebrated the Lord in his power. And we created a studio in our church, we knew we had to up our game for our people. And so we were 100% online and there was a next level that we needed to and our leaders stepped up. And we brought Mother's Day online. And the Lord led us to do a series of devotions in leading and investing and encouraging our church. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He is at work. He is faithful. And then the world paused and erupted at the same time by injustices and by lots of strong opinions and lots of conflict and black lives matter and blue lives matter and all lives matter and honor and honor your authorities and what does it mean to share your opinion and be respectful of others, right? The world's attention was caught. And our elders responded to that as well as this was capturing a Q&A that we did and made available to our church that we would do an open Q&A with our elders. Now, there was a financial crisis at that time as well that we had to cut our budgets 25%. We had to furlough all of our pastors. We had to trim some staff as well and talking about the racial tension in our world. And so we gathered our elders together and had a public Q&A online. And then we brought Father's Day online, with starting with dad jokes. <laughs> and we sent out a couple of our own to Scotland as God had called Stuart and Amanda Long to minister to Scotland and bring people to Jesus there. And we spent more time with Ensley. <laughs> and more regulations and limitations and restrictions abounded. And some margin, which led us to opening up church again. We could gather together with 50 people at a time. And if you remember, many of you that were here, if you remember to hear, as Tyler said last week, to hear others sing again. Wow. And then the next week, rules changed, and we were to gather together 200 people in one room. It was wonderful. And our life groups continued to minister and we had our camp out at Flowing Lake and 200 people gathered together for a special baptism service. And we saw six people give their lives to the Lord and publicly demonstrate that life being changed. Amen? Amen. Beautiful, wonderful. And our ministries pivoted. All of our leaders threw their plans out the window, as many of us did, and they continued to creatively navigate the season and minister to their people and get their teams together. And the sky lit up 
Fourth of July, all over the place like never before. And God led us, led Scott, to do a series called Honest Conversations with God, knowing that our people, us, we needed to have honest conversations with God in the summer with all that was going on. And so we spent a summer in the Psalms. And this message in particular was an especially powerful one. Damien, Josh, and Scott talking about Psalm 51 and this heart before the Lord. And then we all started smoking in August and September with masks somehow. And then the church was able to gather together again. September 13th, we opened up two services, children's ministry, student services, and here we were. We were kicking off the new, renewed vision and mission that God had given us. And then you all led us. There's a better picture than that. But you all led us to generously bless 112 families this last year, this last Thanksgiving, in generously giving and supporting and loving. And then we had the great debate. And then we had the great vote and then more debate afterwards. And then again, you guys acted in generosity and we were able to bless 230 kids this last Christmas season, impacting our community with Jesus. And we gathered together. Let's see here. Oh, I lost it. Let's see if I can go back. Nope, it's gone. This is a picture, you'll have to imagine it, of candlelight service Christmas Eve. And we gathered together to praise the Lord and remember, he came and God is with us. And then we all survived the great 2020. <laughs> Wow. Let me catch my breath, right? I want to read a passage, and I hope it means something different as you look back with us. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. I think it means something new. We've had a lot of those times. We've had a lot of those times. <laughs> so some of you might be thinking, um, and I might be partly with you, do we have to still be talking about 2020? Didn't we finally just finish it? We can all move on. Again, I might be partly with you there, but I think there's... There's some really significant value we can get from pausing and looking back. I think scripture gives us a path toward growing and seeing God as our shepherd through looking back at what he did. In Psalm 77, 11 through 15, we're guided. It says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. 
I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples, and you with your arm have redeemed your people. And the same God who is the God of Psalm 77 was the same God who is the God of 2020. Mm-hmm. He's the same God of what's going to happen in 2021 and so on and so forth because he doesn't change. So we want to continue to invite you on this journey that I've now been on myself of instead of forgetting 2020 altogether, we can remember, we can celebrate, and we can learn how God was faithful. Mm-hmm. See, I, I believe that um, our local church, our church North Shore, our church family, the local community church in the Puget Sound area, the greater church in America, we're going um, to see fruit. We're going to see kingdom fruit coming for years to come because of what God planted seeds for in 2020. I think he's doing things underneath the surface that are refining us as a church. It's part of this process of him refining his bride and purifying her, that we're going to see this amazing fruit of people coming to know the Lord, of us looking more and more like he's always Mm -hmm. intended. And that can be hard in the middle and can be hard in the meantime. I was thinking of just a simple analogy. I know a couple weeks ago, Pat, you talked about um, different types of seeds and, and what those do. And I think of, um, I, I grew up um, in farm country in Indiana. And as a farmer, if you were to plant a seed and expect to see fruit that day, you would be sorely disappointed. Uh, that would be, uh, that'd be quite disappointing. You'd have many days of disappointment. But instead, there's work that has to be done underneath the surface, right? The seed dies and then it sprouts and it takes root and then it grows. And then you begin just barely to see fruit on the surface. But by the end and in harvest time, you have this amazing fruit, and I think that's some of the journey that we're on. So from uh, my perspective and from our, our worship culture and worship ministry perspective, I just wanted to share um, a couple things that I've seen where I feel like um, things looked like a loss and, and in some ways were, but the Lord turned them to gain, and I, I think he's in the business of that. Pat mentioned this, uh, because of restrictions, um, we had to totally shift and change the game. And so we have been in the process of upgrading our live streaming system. Um, and that is fantastic for our people just in our family here. Um, if you can't be here, to be able to still be with us online. For those of you right now who are joining us online, I'm so excited that this is real, that this is how this works, that we have this capability. But also, What's is great is we're stewarding a landing place for future visitors, for future people who are interested. A ton of people now check out churches by visiting online first. And when the virus isn't even in conversation anymore, we're still going to have this. We're still going to have a better platform for people to come and taste and see that Jesus is good. Not being able to worship together. That seems like a loss, for sure. But as I was thinking about that, I started to think... Um, You don't have to raise your hand. If you're at home, you can, because we can't see you anyway. How many of you worshiped in your home during this season for either the first time or more than ever before? How do you think that might change the culture of your home going forward? How do you think that might have broken what was reserved for one hour on one day into more of our normal routine? How do you think the Lord might have planted a seed there that will bear fruit 
for time coming. I know, Pat, in talking with you about you being with your family and with your kids and having that worship experience, that's stuff that, that we won't forget. Mm-hmm. And those are, those are foundational bricks that we can continue to build on. And to be honest, not that I at all want this to go away again, but there's some times at home that I miss mm-hmm. now with my family mm-hmm. of those times of worshiping together. Another is our worship arts team. Um, we have barely been together all year, and that's been really hard. As I've talked to lots of individuals, whether it's in our, our media team or um, folks in, in the band that you haven't seen for many, many Sundays, um, I'm, I'm hearing and seeing testimony of what Jesus is doing. However, I don't see the full picture yet. But I'm putting my faith in him that he's holding us together and doing a better work that we're going to see eventually. He's preparing us for what's next. And I can have that faith because I've already seen him do it in other areas. See, one of the, one of the values of when we look back is it strengthens our faith because we're reminded that he is who he says he is. When we see his hand redeeming multiple situations, we can have faith in the midst of the one he hasn't redeemed yet, that he is still who he says he is. And this is an area that I haven't seen the full fruit in, and I miss you guys, and I want to be with you, and I want to worship with our whole family, but I'm trusting that the Lord has a better word, and that that time is coming, and that he's going to bear good fruit. One takeaway for me, especially in regards to 2020, is it is not about what I see. It's got to be about what he sees. Mm -hmm. What I see was super confusing, but he wasn't taken off guard by anything that happened. What I saw was complete chaos. He was still in control. He still has a plan. And so as we move from 2020 into 2021, let's carry faith. And let's carry victory, even though in some of those areas, we're still in the middle and haven't seen that victory yet. Mm-hmm. Amen. We hope that as you look back, you know, that you're able to have an honest perspective, you know, for yourself, because all of us experienced different things. You know, for some, it was really hard. Some of us suffered great losses. Others, it was okay. It was reasonable. We hope that your strength, your, your, your faith was strengthened and your assurance was strengthened that no matter what, God is in control and he is good and he is at work and he can work through the hardest of circumstances and bring about his good purposes, amen? And that this would not be an isolated experience, just as Josh said, and I love that, that we would not forget those things and just hurry up and run from them, but that we would learn from those things, hold on to those things, and carry those things into today and tomorrow and to this next year. And we hope that your church, that North Shore Christian Church has led you well and has influenced you well and has been influential in strengthening that faith, in strengthening that hope, in strengthening that assurance in your walk before the Lord. So as we look into this next year and what we see, looking back what we've seen, look ahead what we see, why Scott asked the both of us to preach this message is because of our positions and because of our responsibilities within the church. 
Josh oversees worship arts. He leads our church in worship, has led our church in worship, and is going to continue to lead us in one of our greatest acts together, one of our greatest elements of our faith, and that's worship unto the Lord, passionately pursuing Jesus. And for me, I oversee our staff. I oversee our ministry leaders, our life group leaders, our community pastors, our men's and women's and children's and high school and young adults and online. And so I oversee them. So I represent them uh, in that sense as we go on to, okay, what does this look like moving forward? When we look ahead at what we see, I think of 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the body of Christ, and it makes reference to a body and its parts. You have the hand, and you have the eyes, and you have the feet, and so on. And none of them are the body in and of themselves, but together they make up the body. And so it is with the body of Christ, with the church. You are a part, and you are a part, and I am a part, and you are a part, and together we make up what is called North Shore Christian Church. North Shore Christian Church, this body of Christ. And as we do our parts, learning, growing in faith, eyes on Jesus, as we do them imperfectly, we walk out what the body is meant to do and be. And so we are excited as we continue to look ahead when we kicked off this last fall, September 13th, with a new series called Hope Changes Everything, that wasn't by accident, and we didn't forget about it. It was our game plan. It is our vision and our mission. Our desired destination is our vision, and it is that we will see our communities changed through hope in Jesus one person at a time. That is our goal. How we're going to go about getting that, how we're going to go about doing that is our mission. And we will see our communities change as we passionately pursue Jesus. As we radically love one another. As we compassionately serve our neighbors. And as we relationally disciple all people. We didn't forget about it. We're just as committed. Everything that we do is in and through that filter. All of our normal ministries, we are just as invested in, from international missions to local missionary partners, from life groups and the saints gathering together, from worshiping together for men's and women's and children's, and our cars ministry, and, 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 and. It's all about the vision and mission that God has given us. There are a few specific things I want to name as we look ahead that are different than maybe the weekly normal rhythms. One of the things that came up this last year that we are just as committed to and we have not lost our sight on is ethnicity and equality and justice. We are just as committed to our brothers and sisters and the minority that we, that God has said a word and we are to walk in that word. I want to read that word and I want to keep it in view for us. And it's in Micah, Micah 6, 8. He has told you, check out these words. He has told you, oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? 
but to do justice. What does God require of you? To do justice and to love kindness. Many translations say love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. We're just as committed to that. We're not done yet. We're better than where we used to be and we're not where we want to be. Amen? So we're going to continue on with that. Our life groups rented out the entire campground of Flowing Lake for our summer gathering. We're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to more baptisms uh, before then and after then and during then in leading people to the Lord and helping them faithfully walk out their faith in their public proclamation that Jesus saves and Jesus changes lives. We're committed to investing in our volunteers and our leaders, and we're going to gather together again in August for what we call a Unite. It'll be an awesome time of celebration and glorification and praising God for what God had done over this last year and looking ahead at what God's going to do over the next ministry year. We're just as committed to baskets of hope and anchors of hope and trees of hope, those compassionate serving initiatives that you all so generously pour yourselves out to as we see our communities change through hope in Jesus, one person at a time. You will see some ministry leaders being absent for a period of time because we have, our elders have uh, reestablished our sabbatical policy. And so we have faithful ministry leaders that have been serving the Lord and serving you for years and serving the church for years, and they have not had a time of refreshment and respite. And so we're going to take care of our faithful leaders and our ministers. So you'll notice, hey, it's been a while since I've seen that leader. Where are they at? Well, they're probably taking a sabbatical for a time. We want to care for our faithful leaders and ministers, not burn them out and then move on. And so we're going to take care of them. We're going to continue to persevere through COVID because we're not done yet, right? And we're going to do that in humility. We're going to do that with wisdom. We're going to do that with honor. And we're going to do that safely. Those are the truths that we've held on to as we've continued to navigate this. We're going to continue to move the ball down the field with Peter's house and that initiative in our community to compassionately serve our community as well as give opportunity for our body to mature and grow in giving and serving and loving. We're going to continue to partner with our academy. As we have a new superintendent, Jordan Gage, we're going to continue to nurture and strengthen and protect that relationship with our ministry, the academy. And as Josh said, we're going to continue to invest online as we have 70% of our church on the other side of that lens. 70% of our church is there, and it's not going away. We need to care for you. We see you. We know you. Our elders, our senior pastor, love you, see you, and we're committed to you. Damien, thank you for all that you do. And then lastly, we're committed to discipleship. We're committed to, in other words, helping people be more and more and more like Jesus. And you have a piece in that to help others, come alongside others and lead others up and invest in others relationally and helping them be more like Jesus and navigating the complexities of life and maturing and growing. So we are just as committed and we are excited as we look ahead. Yeah, I'm, I am excited. Um, 
and have the, the privilege to kind of talk about my area of, of, of worship, and I think um, uh, the awesome team that I get to be a part of kind of uh, want to be banner carriers for passionately pursuing Jesus. Mm-hmm. We want to um, have that at the forefront of, of what we're doing. And so for me, where we're headed in worship is all about being in that context of eyes on Jesus. Um, and one of my favorite questions to ask um, when we're talking about any topics like this is, how did Jesus model blank? And so in this case, um, looking ahead, in a lot of ways means looking all the way back, um, to how did Jesus model a lifestyle of worship? And last week, if you heard uh, Tyler teach, he said um, that Jesus modeled singing. He did. He sang with his disciples, and we have a few other instances. And if you haven't checked out his message, it's awesome. Um, please go do that, however you do that, whether on the app or podcast or whatever. Um, singing is a crucial part of worship, but I think that one of the operative words in that statement is part because Jesus modeled a lifestyle of being a worshiper in everything he did. He had a lifestyle prioritized around staying in connection with his father and doing what he saw his father doing. So we want to aim at that with our culture. There are so many different directions that we could take that. Um, That is a a big statement. Um, I think a guiding verse for us in this season Um, can be Colossians 3.16. And even in that verse, there's so much. And with the time we have today, we're just going to scratch the surface. But Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, and thankfulness in your hearts to God. I don't know if if you know this about me, but I rather enjoy doing word studies, um, digging in a little bit deeper uh, into what words mean, and um, hang with me here as I attempt to explain. The first word I did a word study on is the word, word. We get that? Okay. (laughs) So let the word, and this should be a, a Greek word that you're familiar with. It's the word logos. Um, I was familiar with it. Some of you may not be, and that is, that is perfectly all right. I was very unfamiliar with the first definition that I found, um, and it is a word uttered by a living voice. I think that is beautiful, a living voice. The scriptures were uttered by a living voice of our king, and in John 1, we see that that living voice became flesh and walked among us, and he gave us this. It's living. It's alive. It's active. And he's still speaking and guiding us today through the presence of his Holy Spirit. So we have the word. It's alive. It's active. It's his spoken, written word. And then we have, let it dwell in you. And in Greek, that's inoikeo. It means to inhabit. And when I think about dwelling and inhabiting, what I don't think of are grocery stores, gas stations, shopping malls. I don't dwell any of those places. I stop by those places. I don't want his living and active word to just stop by in my heart. I dwell in my home. I live there. I have experiences there. I rest there. I'm active there. I work there in 2020. (laughs) I love the way that the Amplified Version reads this verse, let the spoken word of Christ have its home within you, dwelling in your heart and mind, permeating every aspect of your being. Isn't that good? 
One of my favorite pastors, I, I heard him once say, um, he said, I felt like the Lord challenged me, and he said, Dan, I don't want you to read the word to memorize it. That was never my intention. I want you to read it to become it. Ooh, Amen. Okay, I need Amen. to grow in that too. When we make our heart a home for his Logos word, living and active, we put ourselves in position to receive what Jesus has always intended for us. He outlines it in John seventeen three. It's to know him. Eternal life is to know the one true God. When we concern ourselves with letting his word permeate us, we position ourselves to know our God and be known by him. And that, I believe, is the heart of a biblical culture of worship, to run after his heart and be known by him, not guarding ours, but letting it be fully before him. John Mark Comer said it like this, attention is the beginning of devotion. Worship and joy start with the capacity to turn our mind's attention toward God who is always with us. I love that. How can we turn our attention towards him? Eyes on Jesus. Practically, some of the ways we want to go about that, um, we're praying about. You know, we, we will continue um, to, to meet here and have corporate worship on Sundays. We're praying about other spaces. Um, historically, we've done things like worship nights, nights of prayer. I love those. I want to get back to those. Um, we are praying about... Um, what it, what it would mean, what it, could, what it could mean. This is one of those dangerous prayers you don't have any plans for yet, but you just kind of have the idea and the hunger for it. Of What would it mean to have a room just dedicated to be for the Lord, a place of prayer, a, a place of worship, maybe that's even open not just on Sunday, but open anytime. So I'm excited, and I don't know about you, but when I get excited for vision, I want to know how we get started. Um, and I hope you're excited about vision. I hope you're excited about what you see Jesus doing because he's not done and he's on the move. That's and true. so we want to um, talk about where we begin. And, and I think um, we begin by passionately pursuing him. I don't know if this will be encouraging or discouraging, but I hope that it's encouraging for me, when I get excited about vision and I want to go, I often want some, all right, like ready, set, go type of to-do list where you can check off the boxes and we can get going, we can get on our way. But in reality, more often than not, in pursuing Jesus, it's actually ready, set, slow. And that might sound cheesy or cliche, but my life is a testimony to that. There's such a tendency to make relationship with him a set of tasks, but it just truly isn't. It's still relationship. And it takes time and commitment caring for it. So again, we kind of come back to one of my favorite questions. How did Jesus model? In this case, we wouldn't say passionately pursuing Jesus. We can have a conversation about the Trinity another time, but we'll say, how did he passionately pursue his father? How did he model that lifestyle? A few quick verses come to mind. In Luke 5, 16, we see that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. Often thought of that question, thought, how often do you have to do something in your life for someone to say it was often that they did that. 
I think that'd be a regular pattern for him. Hebrews 5, in the days of his flesh, he offered up prayers and supplications to the one who could save him from death. One of my favorites uh, is in Luke 11, and it's probably the simplest of them. Jesus finishes praying, and one of his disciples says, Lord, teach us to pray. And that, to me, has always stood out because, especially in the culture of that time, prayer would have been a lot more everywhere than it is now. I mean, even in, in culture of, of being around synagogue and seeing prayer all over these places. So to me, and this is using kind of my, my, my Josh spiritual imagination with it, is I think, I think what they saw in Jesus's prayer was this passionate, personal devotion to Jesus that felt different. I think they saw relationship and that felt different. There was something there that was, we've seen all this other stuff. Lord, you teach us to pray. What you just modeled, I want that. I want to know how to do what you're doing. And so when we say where to begin, we begin with passionately pursuing Jesus. Um, In the same way, I don't want to just send you out and say, all right, now go figure that out. Um, Some amazing men have gone before me and have modeled that for me. And I think that there are many wonderful teachings on prayer and and spending time with the Lord. Um, But I think there's something special about modeling it. Um, There's something special about it not just being um, sit down at a coffee and here's some pointers of things you can do. So I wanted to share with you um, just a minute or two of kind of a nugget from what does it look like for Josh to spend personal time with Jesus? I love to be in the Psalms, um, so that's where we're going to hang out, and that's in, we're going to look at um, uh, just part of Psalm 86, um, if you want to go there too on your device or your Bible. It's uh, verses 11 and 12. And so, me sitting down to passionately pursue my Jesus might be a little something like this. Jesus, I thank you for who you are Um, and remind me again of that. I don't want to ever have a foggy image of who you are. Thank you for your word. I'm here to spend some time with you. Thank you that you meet me in this space, that you are alive, your word is alive. Speak to me through your word today. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. I want that, Lord. Teach me your ways. I want your ways to be my ways. Lord, your natural responses to situations, I want to naturally respond like you do. I want to have love like you do for the people in my environments. I I want to be reactionary like you would be reactionary. Lord, walking in your truth, write your truth on my heart. Unite my heart to fear your name. Any division that's in my heart, Lord, I give that to you. And I pray that you would unite me together before you. And I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart. Lord, I thank you that we can be in this space together today, just before you with your word open, getting to know you and being known by you. I just confess before you, I want to know you more. I want to give more attention. 
I want to set aside time. I want to passionately pursue you. Amen. Pat, from, as, we're, as we're thinking, okay, where do we begin? It's, it's pursuing him. It's getting in relationship with him. What would be some wisdom or, or maybe a nugget from your personal time with the Lord that you could share? Hmm. Something that's been on my mind for a while is uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5 and, and this uh, call to take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Um, just because you think something doesn't mean it's real. Just because you have a thought that enters your mind doesn't mean that it's truth. And so there's this, there's this uh, battle and there's this navigating that takes place as we sift through um, these involuntary thoughts, some, and what we do with that and, and how we let it land and how we let it sit to going, no, that's not true. Yes, that is true. I got to wrestle with that some more. And and engaging with the Spirit of God as he is our wise advocate in sifting through, and he is our counselor in sifting through, holding on what is true, and letting go of what is not. And there's, that's not for the faint at heart, and that's not for the passive. There's, there's work to be done. And so, um, so it's a practice uh, for me in my pursuit of him and, and ready, set, slow. I have to slow down and take those thoughts before him um, and spend intentional time in doing that versus just being carried away with all of my thoughts and all of my feelings and wherever they lead me. That does not end well historically in my life. Anybody else? And so there's this sifting through, you know, so, so that's definitely a practice uh, that I've been practicing. I love that. Thanks, man. Um, well, the heart of what we want to invite you to is a heart of giving attention, giving attention to our creator, and maybe even attention that would have otherwise been on something else because he's deserving of it and he's worth it. And so on this, the first Sunday of 2021, kicking off the new year, um, we're going to invite you to pursue him in a couple of the ways that we have biblically. One of them we've been talking about for a few minutes now and just pursuing him through prayer and reading his word. But another would be through fasting. And that may be something that feels really common uh, to you and you know all about it. And for some of you, that may be a brand new thought altogether. Um, so briefly, I just want to kind of touch on some basics of that. The heart of fasting is withholding things from what you physically need so that your spiritual needs can be greater filled. Here's a couple thoughts. How to begin. Start with a clear goal. Be specific. Why are you fasting? Do you need direction, healing, restoration of marriage or family issues? Are you facing financial difficulties? Ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. Pray daily and read the Bible. The heart of fasting is opening ourselves up and being focused spiritually. So preparing spiritually is a big deal. Confess your sins to the Lord. Ask the Spirit to reveal areas of weakness, but I will say from personal experience, beware he answers that <laughs> prayer. Forgive people. If you've offended them, ask for forgiveness. Deciding what to fast. There's lots of different types, um, and that's, that's up to you. Um, going on a, a full fast where you only drink liquids, or there's lots of different other types of fasts. A Daniel fast. There's types of fasts where you just eat certain 
parts during the day. But again, the heart is replacing those times with attention on God. And then how long? Um, you may fast it as long as you like. Um, and I don't have a prescribed, this is the specific for 36 hours, 36 days, we're going to do this. Uh, as much as that might be helpful, instead, I want to invite you to pursue the Lord and say, how could I pursue you? Would you lead me in this? See, even in pursuing him, he's still out ahead of us. He's so cool. He doesn't let us just leave us alone to figure it out. He has given us a guide to pursue him and will lead us in pursuing him. And as we wrap up, I'm going to invite the worship team out. The heart of this is remembering When we go into those lonely places like Jesus did, as he often withdrew, we're not going there just alone. He is there. Jesus, the King of Kings, is there, and he's waiting, and he's ready. And he's ready to share with you love and joy because you are his. And that's the only reason he needs. You can go into those places with faith that he will meet you. You can go into 2021 with faith that even though you may not see it, he is still a redeemer, that he is still the God who he says he is. And so we can say yes to him today and giving him our attention can start right now. Let's pray. Jesus, we turn our eyes to you and in doing so, just naturally we lift them off the world. Not to, not to ultimately stay there because we're here to carry out your gospel into the world. But Lord, that it would come from a place of rest of knowing who you are and who we are in you. God, I'm excited for what you want to do. I want to be a part of it. I want to say yes to your plan. And so I pray that you would lead us as a church family on a journey of knowing you and being known by you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.